Welcome to the Ars Technicast, where we bring you the latest in the worlds of computing, technology, science, and everything else in between. During each episode, a group of Ars staffers will dig deep into some of the issues we've covered on the site. We'll also talk about some of the other stuff we're doing when we're not circling the Ars orbiting headquarters. I'm your host, Senior Apple Editor, Jackie Chang, and on this week's show, we have Open Source Editor, Ryan Paul. Hello. Social Editor, Cesar Torres. And what's happening? And Ars Computer, Casey Johnston. Hi. So this week's show, we are dedicating to music, uh, just kind of the general topic of music. Uh, I think we're going to talk about apps, software, services, anything like that, um, what we're listening to. So uh, I, I kind of went into this episode already planning to throw Ryan under a bus and make him tell us about his little setup. But um, before I do that, I'll tell my story, which made me think of that, which is that when I was younger um, in high school, I used to... I used to play violin, and at the time, I was in a lot of orchestras and quartets and that kind of thing. And so I used to actually record myself on my computer um, playing one part of, like, a piece, and then I would play it back and play the other part. So I would basically record myself playing, like, duets against myself, um, which I always had grand plans for, and then I never really turned them into anything. And I, I feel like today I could do that a lot easier now with, like, modern tools you know, back then I was just doing it with like audio recording software, but it would be kind of cool to try it again using GarageBand or whatever. Um, so anyway, now that I'm on this topic, uh, I want Ryan to tell us about his crazy keyboard that he got that that hooks up to his computer. All right. Um, well, I I had piano lessons for 11 years growing up, so I have quite a lot of experience playing and um, I used to really enjoy it. But when I started working, I, I kind of got away from it and stopped playing. Um, you know, but then I guess like a year or so ago over the summer, I, I picked it up again and, and really started, you know, working with it. And, and um, you know, I really, I found that I really enjoyed it and that it's not something I wanted to stop doing. So, you know, I started to think about, um, you know, getting a, a new piano because um, the, the piano I have here is just like that I, that I learned on. It's this ancient, ancient upright that uh, my, my parents bought used like way back in the day. So I decided I wanted a, you know, really nice piece of hardware. So I got a, uh, I ended up getting a uh, Yamaha CLP430, which is, um, it's an electronic piano. It's, it's really not like a, like what you would think of as a keyboard. It, um, it looks like a conventional upright piano. It has full, full size keyboard and, um, you know, it has it gives you like that that sense of like escapement, like like um, the, the the keys are balanced really well, um, and uh, it's got inside it's got uh, like a an electronic driver. So instead of strings, it's basically like a speaker. And then you know the the uh, what you hear when you play is um, Yamaha has sampled their uh, their high end um, you know grand piano, and they have four different grand piano sounds sets of sounds that like voices that you that you can choose from to apply when you're playing. Um, so it's a, it's it's actually a, you know a fairly sophisticated uh, electronic piano. Um, I got a pretty good deal on it. It's I think the retail on it is three thousand. I end up paying a bit less than that, um, but it's it's really a, a very nice piece of hardware. Um, one of the things I like about it is that, you know, adjustable volume and uh, a headphone jack. So, you know, I can play in the middle of the night or 2 a.m. or whatever without disturbing anyone. And, I mean, that's just, like, fantastic to be able to do that. Um, but, you know, one of the other really compelling things about it is that it has a, a USB output. So, you know, I can plug it directly into my computer and then do direct digital recordings. 
And, you know, there are obvious advantages of doing direct digital recording in that um, you get no background noise or other crap when you're when you're actually capturing the sound. You just get the pure audio stream and you can also manipulate it digitally in some interesting ways. So, you know, what it's recording is essentially like just data. And when when you pick that up in GarageBand, you can actually resample it as anything you want on the GarageBand side. So, you know, if I want to make it sound like trumpets or something crazy, you know, I can do that in GarageBand just using the existing capture. Um, so I've been having a lot of fun with that. I can do, you know, like, like Jackie was saying, it lets you do multiple parts kind of a thing. So, you know, just p- from my piano, I can do a, a piano part and a violin part from a song and then put them together like in GarageBand. And it's it's kind of interesting to be able to do those kinds of things. Um, you know, I'm still really more of a, you know, like like piano aficionado. So the other, I don't really get as much into the other the other instruments, you know, as I could, but it, it's kind of interesting. So uh, you just mentioned that you use GarageBand. Do you use any other software with your piano? So far, I've only used GarageBand, and um, you know, I've actually really been blown away by the GarageBand feature set. It's it's you know a piece of software that I had never even opened before, um, you know, before you know doing this uh, you know this experiment with the piano. And you know, the first time I was using it, I was just really amazed by the breadth of its capabilities and the ease of its u- and the ease of use it offers. You know, because I've worked with some other stuff like way back in the day. Um, you know, my brother is a, a professional trumpet player and I, I used to help him uh record with uh, pro tools and you know i remember pro tools just being incredibly painful to use for anything and it, it just it's just amazing like how nice GarageBand is by comparison yeah i um like i said i never really got a chance to use it in the way that you're using it but it it seems like a great tool for that and um i don't know it kind of makes me want to get one of those um like electric hookups for my violin so I can try and do that again. But then that means I have to play. So downside there. <laughs> uh, years ago, I used to do, I guess what I would call sound production. I'm always going to be careful to never call myself a musician because I'm not trained or anything, but uh, I was, I really wanted to make synthesizer music and the tools that are available on the Mac at least the Macs I had at the, in those times were so great. I think I taught myself a lot about how to use a sequencer and how to uh, do what, exactly what Ryan was talking about. You can take a MIDI signal and then put any instrument that you want to it. And then you can layer them and suddenly you've got a song. So that was pretty fun. Yeah, it's just amazing how much flexibility you get with the software and the things you can do with it. It just it really surprised me. Yeah, lately, uh, the thing, I I still might tinker with it sometimes, like on the weekend, but I couldn't actually say I'm doing a lot with it. But Ableton Live is a really great piece of software. If people are interested in what GarageBand does and they want to take it one level up, uh, Live lets you do a lot of that, but then you can kind of actually play live with it. So you can have stuff that you sequenced or prepared in advance, but you can still play your guitar over it and essentially have like a real backing track. And I think a lot of DJs use it as well. So you can DJ MP3s with it. Yeah, the other thing I've been looking at, and I haven't gotten around to doing this yet, but I'm, I'm kind of uh, like enthusiastic about eventually finding a time. 
um, I found a uh, you know a bunch of programming libraries in, in Ruby that that let you manipulate the uh, the input like capture and manipulate the input from a MIDI stream. So you know I can I can take the uh, you know the, the stuff from my piano and and programmatically manipulate it in Ruby with with a script. And I mean, it seems like there's some interesting things that you can do with that. The you know because the these Ruby libraries they operate at such a high level. It's like it's just like like really simple to do, you know, kind of unusual things. So like one of the things I haven't gotten around to yet, but I'm kind of, I'm kind of curious about trying is like, like pitch shifting and stuff like that. I want to be able to take like, say, uh, uh, an audio clip of a, of a cat meowing and then make it so that when I'm playing, it's like the cat, like a cat piano kind of a thing. I mean, you could do crazy stuff like that. I think we should definitely do that by the way and drive <laughs> everyone crazy. Like release a song that's entirely cat meows. <laughs> but yeah, have you not have you heard that um there's some carol like uh Carol of the Bells, but it's all meowing instead of <laughs> Oh uh, yes, yes. Like instead of bells, I guess. <laughs> I think they must have like whole albums that do that cuz they have the dog barking like um Christmas carol albums too. Which are always uh, always good for driving people crazy around the holiday season. See, um, Ryan's piano makes me wonder if you recorded his piano sampling the high-end Yamaha pianos versus like an actual high-end Yamaha pianos. Like, if you could tell the difference. I think you could. Um, you know, I, I really I think that you probably like like it. it even with really high end, like if you were to plug in like ultra high end speakers to the piano and you got like great acoustics in the room and stuff, I think you probably still could tell the difference. I wish we could test it. What was that? What did they do? Jackie, do you remember that test they did with the violins where they did like uh, a super old, I think, Stradivarius violin against uh, something else? Yes. I think that was recently when they did. Um, I, I remember this, but I don't remember the exact angle. It was like some newer violins or something that were like perfectly engineered to make a uh, great sound, and then they tested them against like Stradivariuses and stuff. Yeah, I think I think the outcome was just that um, supposed classical music uh, experts or whatever you would call that uh, couldn't tell the difference between the recordings of the superior engineering violins and the the old Stradivarius violins. Right. I'm not sure what they used to test those things, but it would be, I mean, I am curious about that. I'm always curious about electric pianos because I also used to play piano, not to the extent that Ryan uh, does, but I've always wondered about like, you know, how do electric pianos really sound when you get down to it? Like, you know, are they really as, I mean, without any strings, I just can't even imagine. (laughs) I would almost have to be there and make Ryan prove it to me in person. The um, there are four you know four different grand piano voices on the electronic piano I have, and um, you know the 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 one of them like like when you try to simulate that kind of like deep resonance that that you get when you do like real high quality piano in a concert hall, it, it kind of ends up sounding like like a little bit hollow. But there's one of the voices where you know they they don't do any of that and it's just like very straight grand piano and it sounds really good to me. Um, you know, I don't have a great ear, but, you know, I mean, to me, it just, it sounds like, like the quality is, is like much better than, than any conventional upright that I've played. Yeah, I can see that, I guess. I mean, it's, you're right. It is the whole grand piano sound is mostly for resonance. Um, so I don't know. I actually, 
I think for some reason I didn't realize that your piano was an actual like upright piano. So that makes it 10 times cooler in my head. Um, I don't know. You're making me already in this podcast, you're making me want to do all sorts of stuff now. So we're going to have to circle back on this in like six months to see if I did a bunch of recordings. But um, maybe, maybe you can uh, record our theme song <laughs> for the podcast for season two. Oh, yeah. No, we should get Ryan to do that. <laughs> oh, you know, it would be fun. We could do we could do like a, a virtual duet, you know, oh, you, yeah. you could do the, the oh, my God. part, I do so the great. piano part, and then we combine them or something. But, but you have to be, be wearing capes. <laughs> I, I picture capes and like lots of you know big gestures and movements. <laughs> That'd be, I, I hear. I want to hear both of you play your instruments now. Ooh, yeah. We we should find something that is not too hard <laughs> that we can try and coordinate on, and then maybe we can even make it with meows. That'll be the the <laughs> podcast opening. <laughs> but um. You know, lately there have been all these apps, too, for, like, iPad and iPhone, um, you know, for music creation. And although I have – I've actually kind of been somewhat skeptical of them, but people seem to talk them up a lot. And I know that people are are kind of getting into these apps. Like, um, I wish I knew what some of them were off the top of my head. But, like, for example, Ken um, downloaded some app to my iPad for me, like, for, like, drums – and um, I don't know. Do you guys use any of those, or have you like experimented with them? Some of these are amazing, mm-hmm. actually. Really, what do you use, or what have you used? Well, I've only used uh, the ones that work as a MIDI controller for your uh, GarageBand or Ableton Live. And so, what you can do is you can essentially uh, either have a full keyboard in the iPad, or sometimes some of these uh, app makers have been really creative and they've made other ways of generating the music. So you can turn knobs or squish little balls or, um, you know, you name it. They, they've done these different uh, methods that you, you have the input and then it, it actually sends it straight into your computer or into the iPad. And then you have uh, music uh, composition happening there with your fingers. So um, I should post a couple of links but like let's see i'll tell you like uh animog which is meant to emulate the moog synthesizer that one's pretty cool and it actually sounds like a moog synthesizer it's you're going to run into some of the same issues though with moog like those are actually analog synthesizers which have this depth and richness that you know the, the pros talk about and they usually just sample like classic moog machines and then they recreate the sound that way so um, they'll sound pretty great they'll sound very close but you actually couldn't get the real deal unless you had a a vintage moog synthesizer but that was pretty cool and um, like i said there's all these other ones that you can use to control your your midi equipment uh, through the ipad instead of having a keyboard because in the old days that's usually what you had a keyboard with physical knobs I just remembered one app that I was going to mention. Um, it's this app called VidRhythm, and um, one of my friends demoed it for me a little while ago. It's basically just an app where you sample yourself, you know, singing a note, and then you kind of remix it against all these things. But it, it's it sounds lamer than it is because I I saw someone demo it and it was really cool. I don't know if you guys have seen these YouTube videos where people are like singing an entire song with themselves, but it's kind of like that kind of thing, but through an app. And uh, let's see, this is Clint who's telling me these apps that he likes. <laughs> VidRhythm, he also likes DM1 and Figure. These are all like just various rhythm-based apps. 
I should try this uh, vid rhythm you said. Let's people yes. record songs with themselves. I would totally do that. You should. I feel like I would totally watch one that you made. <laughs> <laughs> I'll find something truly silly to sing. Okay, so let's see. Are you guys, I mean, are you guys listening to anything cool this summer, going to any shows or anything like that? Mm. I'm listening to Frank Ocean's new album. That's anyone. I've heard good things about it. I have not listened mm-hmm. to it, though. It's good. Definitely check it out. Uh, Channel Orange, it's called. Yes, definitely. I am. I feel like I'm not listening to anything good lately. I'm in a rut with music, but I get into ruts often. I'm still kind of debating whether I should switch over and start paying for um, Spotify because I know a lot of people who use it now and are kind of addicted, but I have resisted for so long. Yeah, I subscribed, um, I think it was about a month ago now, just because I wanted to listen to music in my car and was just really frustrated that I couldn't really do that easily. Like, I would always have an impulse to listen to some song that I don't own, and I was finally just like, oh, just fine, pay for Spotify. And it's great. I have all these pinned playlists, but I listen to, like, one with the same ten songs for, like, a few weeks at a time because I'm I'm also not very I don't know <laughs> I don't I don't diversify much well, but for, for me I'm always yeah. trying to find new music and Spotify has helped me in gathering ideas for new stuff I want to check out they you know they've opened up their API to include new apps so you can make your own app and uh, magazines like The Guardian and Pitchfork have a pretty cool presence in there and basically you can see the review but right in the review you can play all the tracks and then add them to your own library if you want so that's pretty cool and then um, being able to see my friends recommend stuff uh, is is cool but I I gotta say I don't think it's blown my mind I don't think I'm getting that many more <laughs> recommendations than before I feel like my habits are the same I, I visit a couple of magazines for reviews and then people I really really uh, trust I, I get some recommendations from them I think what's what the difference is it's fast now there is no like series of steps in order to get the music I can just say okay I want it now and, and it's added so that's pretty pretty cool I guess for me, the part that I don't quite get is, like, how do you find these playlists that other people are making? I know that it, this must be easy, and I'm just missing it, but I I don't know. I just seem to have a hard time finding stuff that I like. Do you also put together playlists for your own, like, your own music? I mean, I guess I'm trying to feed, figure out how people normally use Spotify. I make extensive playlists, and I have a system for them, and I, I love having folders. So on this one, it's it mimics basically what you can do in iTunes. They're just not as clever as the smart playlists. But do you ever do you copy them over to iTunes, or do you just keep them in? Spotify? It doesn't bring them over very easily. I've, I've struggled a lot with this because it's not as seamless as you would think. So it, I have actually had to start from scratch on Spotify. And just uh, last week, I cleared out. I did some spring cleaning. Uh, I cleared out, or summer cleaning. I cleared out, let me do the count here. It was about 30 playlists. And that sounds horrible. <laughs> there was a time in life where I actually used to make a new playlist every day. And I had them, 
labeled by the day like so I could see every single day of the year what I had done with playlists. That's terrifying. I don't know wow. that I commit that much time to my music. <laughs> I do. I, I obsess a lot about it. I'm not a huge playlist maker, but I really like them on Spotify. And sometimes I like some websites will like make Spotify playlists and you can just like click a link and it'll put it right in your list. I have at least one playlist too. That's like one song because I was just like, I really want to listen to the song and I know I'm going to want to listen to it later. So I'm just going to make a playlist with just this one song. Uh, I, I have one like that. It's basically the name of the song and sometimes I'll use it to go running because I'll listen to one song over and over. It's sick. It's sick. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, well, I do have one playlist that I kind of rotate in whatever is my current like favorite song or songs. So like it's kind of always changing and it always just has like three songs on it. So I can listen to them on repeat for like six hours. Um, but otherwise I make a lot of seasonal playlists. I'll have like spring ones and summer and I like to keep those around though. I feel like it helps me when I can go back and look at them. I can look at like what my mood was during that time. During one of my upgrades from from my Mac, I corrupted the the file, the XML file that manages all of those, and I lost playlists from from years and years. But I think in the end that was better. I had to move on. Terrible. <laughs> I it terrifies me that 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 information could be lost. Although I don't know why I would be so terrified of it. It's just music. Well, right, <laughs> and that's that's the uh-huh. irony is you still have the music. You just lose the. The, the little yeah all the, the work, work that did. you did yeah. to yeah put it together it's like it's like putting together a a mixtape except i guess less permanent <laughs> yeah that's exactly what it feels like but uh yeah i i i guess if you know if 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 anybody out there's has a better method lately of finding music recommendations i would love to hear what that is cuz i think we have a lot of really cool like social features in a lot of the programs but I don't think that much has changed for me. It's always the same three or four people recommending music to me, and then there's about an average of three or four magazines I visit. Yeah, I I am... I mean, people who follow me on Twitter know that I'm always complaining about being kind of stagnant on music. I I really need other people to help me <laughs> move on into, like, everyday life, you know, and when it comes to music, but I just don't... I don't know. I, I feel like everything that I've tried when it comes to music recommendation is always just a hair not good enough. Like, I... You know, I really like Pandora, for example, but, you know, even that can get stale after a while. You know, if you're... you're at least for me, my Pandora playlists will play the same damn songs like every week so it's it's tiring after a while i feel like i need something new and interesting to force me to listen to new stuff i just play albums i guess i don't know i mean i've never even like thought hey i need a playlist you know it's like not something that has ever come up for me that's so crazy that's so old school that's mind-bending (laughs) <laughs> I don't think that I have as much music as the rest of you guys, though, I, I, if I had to guess. So you've literally never made a playlist. Like, even when playlists first became a thing in iTunes, it was like, whoa, you can make playlists. You were just like, that's oh, not really for me. Well, I mean, I think, like, like maybe when I was in high school, I had, like, two of them or something. But I don't think I ever used them, like, after that. Certainly not as an adult. You know, it's just, like, not something that I do. I don't know. Huh. For me, even when I listen to albums, I have them in a playlist so that they're in the right order when I when I hear them. Yeah, yeah. me too. 
Because I hate it when I, iTunes is always rearranging the damn songs when you try to listen to them. So, Ryan, I assume then your, um, your music must be like really like like I'm I'm listening to a lot of crappy pop music lately, so it's all like you know just one hit wonders pretty much. But um, yours must be like really contextual, I guess might be the word. I don't know what you mean by contextual. Like, I, guess. I don't know. Like, like, you wouldn't really, li- like, maybe Pink Floyd or something. Like, you wouldn't just listen to, like, one song from The Wall or something like that. You'd want to listen to the whole thing. Like, is it like that? Yeah, and actually, Pink Floyd is one of my favorite groups. So, like, like Pink Floyd, I'll, I'll go through, um, you know, like, Dark Side of the Moon and just start from the beginning. And Dark Side of the Moon is the kind of album where you want to play it all together anyway. It's, you know, and the same with The Wall. It's not really something where you, like, skip around. I mean, there are times when I'll just, like, hit a song that I want to listen to, and then I'll be like, okay, wherever it is in the list, it'll just keep playing from there. Or, like, an example would be, like, like Echoes, which is I think is, like, a 30-minute song. So that I'll just put on to put on. But I don't know. I guess most of the time I just don't feel like I need to organize it. Well, Ryan, I'm I'm jealous of you. That's uh, it's like this ability to focus on the album, which I grew up with. I actually had like vinyl records and tapes, and I used to really enjoy just going through the whole album. And I guess I still try to do that, but the ability to shuffle and put things in playlists, I usually kind of uh, move very fast through lots of albums now. And um, it is nice to just sit there and listen all the way through for a, for to something that a lot of artists put together in a sequence right they they do mean for you to listen to it in order so that's right. cool yeah exactly yeah. you know the, the other group i really like is vnv nation and that's another one where they really have like this album culture and it's like you know the albums are really like like organized a certain way i think and it just to me it's like that's how you organize the music you know i had no idea you liked vnv nation oh yeah you know peter does too what you know i saw them in concert two years ago they're amazing live i, nice. I highly recommend that so I'm going to rant about this for a second because I I also used to be, and I still kind of am, I guess, um, really committed to the album. And I would always listen to albums straight through. And I would be really kind of into the ordering of all the songs in the album. But the reason that I've I've sort of stepped away from that is because I feel like so many artists, even the artists that I like, um, you know, don't on their end they don't focus so much on putting together the album as a as a complete work as much anymore at least like they kind of throw together a bunch of songs and that's it so like i feel like i i'm getting less and less from the the general industry in terms of a- albums that are good as albums so i don't know that's just why i think that i have begun to do playlists more but if i feel like an album is really good and it's ordered really well and you know the pieces mean something um you know then i'll stick to it but i feel like that doesn't happen very often anymore for me at least i kind of think that the, the fact that people are buying tracks the way that people buy music now where so few people will buy like a whole album i think that kind of contributes to like this erosion of the idea of an album as a discrete unit what were you gonna say, Casey? I was just gonna I was just gonna agree with you that like it's it's just it depends on the artist and their approach to a quote unquote album versus songs. Like so many I mean I wouldn't I can't think of one off the top of my head where I think an artist is like really superior who doesn't like put together cohesive albums of music, but um it's definitely one style versus another. 
I just feel like, I don't know. I'm just going to repeat what I just said, so never mind. <laughs> but yeah, I think Ryan has a good point, too, that like um, the ability to buy tracks now versus buying a whole CD or whatever really facilitates the... Um, like if you if they just want to make a bunch of good songs, they can make a bunch of good songs. They don't have to like try and give you value by making a by being coherent for a full album length. They can just make a good song. Isn't this a thing that came up a lot um, back when iTunes was newer? I think this did come out up in like lawsuits where a handful of artists were trying to sue so that you know their songs wouldn't be cherry picked apart. And I think this is why, because, you know, I guess in some ways you have to wonder which came first, you know, the being able to buy singles and therefore ruining of the album or, or artists, you know, not paying as much attention to ordering their albums. So, yeah, I mean, it does depend. I just feel I, I would probably be more into albums still if I felt like more artists were really putting effort into it. Now, I love boy bands, by the way. <laughs> I, I do. So no like, trashing of boy bands. I, if, if someone wanted to trash some song on like an NSYNC album that never quite made it mainstream, I would, I would step out of their way. I agree with you on that. I mean, it's not like those are particularly well-crafted in terms of you know albums being put together. Well, at any given time, you know, I think any of us, we're, we're listening to some new stuff. And for me, I always have two albums or two songs ready for, for talking at parties. One will be like the one that I'm actually going to try to impress people with. So I'll be like, yeah, I'm listening to this. And then, and then if it's the right moment and they're like, Oh, you know, there's this other new pop song out. Then I'll go, Oh my God. Yeah. I'm totally listening to that too. I'm always <laughs> ready with those. Uh, so what are you listening to now then? If you were going to try and impress us? <laughs> well, the one to impress you would, would probably be the new metric album. That, that one's great. And I think that one is meant to be, uh, a full album. You're meant to consume it from point A to point B to C. Um, and they're wonderful. They're Canadian and uh, female uh, lead singer just rocks it out. She's great. Um, but then my sort of guilty pleasure song, I, well, I think that's going to have to be like that new Kylie Minogue song. <laughs> that's. I mean, I just can't. And now I'm going to be really Which embarrassed. Now we're going to get into a conversation about Kylie Minogue. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. She, I, know, I didn't even really know she was still doing stuff. But I have seen her recently, at, like pop up on Twitter. So she must be doing something. Yeah. I, well, what's strange is she she has this career that has really flourished, and except for a niche audience in the United States, you know, you just wouldn't know it that that she's doing it. But she's selling out stadiums still and she's anywhere in Europe or Asia she's just really popular so the new song is Time Bomb and it sounds just like all her other songs like you're going to be dancing at the club to this and somebody will spill a drink on you (laughs) I was just thinking the other day speaking of club music about how Rihanna is basically like the world's leading professional on, on releasing songs that are meant for clubs maybe her and like Madonna yeah, it seems like that's, I mean, they just package each one of those up and off they go. See, now I'm just using Spotify as we speak to save all of these artists that I've never, like, I've never heard of VNV Nation before or Metric. So I'm totally going to look up Metric on Spotify. But see, I just made playlists. So there you go. Playlists <laughs> justify themselves. 
I'll have to. Uh, yeah, maybe I can figure out a way to like friend you on Spotify, and then I can look at your playlists. Yeah, we That's should. Perfect. I think. I think one of the creepy things about playlists on Spotify. I don't know if they changed this, but by default they were like public. So I think if you just like. Oh, maybe, I hate maybe that. Searched for me or something like that. You could just see all of my stupid playlists. I I never like it when social stuff is on by default. And this is weird because I really like social networking apps, but man, if they turn stuff on by default, like I will basically never use it again. Yeah, see I have I just looked in my settings and I have automatically published new playlists checked. But I would never have checked that and I'm almost certain I unchecked it at some point. So, uh that's really creepy. Okay, well, I guess that's it for our show. Thank you all for listening. Um, we will link up all these all these apps and services and maybe even Ryan's Piano in our show notes. Um, so thanks, everyone. And if you have any uh, music recommendations, apparently we could all use them. So let us know what you're listening to, and we'll all catch up maybe on Spotify. So thanks. <laughs> <laughs>